Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, it's all one. Now, ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons, and science is just now catching up. However, it's not new science. Quantum physics is over 100 years old. So in truth, this should be mainstream. We should by now all know (laughs) that we're all one, because what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the universal truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is the law of one with Gary and Jim from LL Research. Gary and Jim, unmute yourself, guys, and say hi to everybody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hi, um, Jim. I mean, Gary, unmute, unmute yourself, too. Okay. Uh, simultaneous unmuting might create the feedback. So I was waiting for Jim to mute himself. There we go. And hello. I'm okay. so grateful to be here. Thank you. Jim. Okay. Awesome. 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 No problem. No problem. You guys are doing great. The feedback is not really that bad, but um, I like that you guys are monitoring that. That's great. Could you guys please like um, the, the book, the law of one, is um, I've heard of it for many, 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 many years. I personally have not read it. I've not studied it. But there was something that I came across recently on YouTube that made me go to the your website, LL Research. Could you guys, um, whoever wants to go first, who wants to go first, Jim or Gary? Raise your hand. Let me know. Okay, Jim. Okay, we'll start with Jim. Okay, will you please introduce yourself to our listeners, explain how your journey, your awakening journey, and explain about the research you guys are doing, and please introduce the book. Again, I'm a novice when the, um, as far as the book, The Law of One, I haven't read it yet, but okay. All right, Jim. In 1974, I was living in the woods of central Kentucky in a log cabin that I built. And that was part of the back to the land movement at that time, where people that were college educated, just part of the hippie generation, decided that in order to find this oneness or this peace within oneself, you needed to do what Thoreau said, simplify your life, move back to the woods and begin anew, basically. So at that time, I didn't have electricity or water, but I had a battery powered radio. One night, I was listening to a station outside of Lexington, Kentucky, 
and they were interviewing a couple from Louisville, Kentucky, Don Elkins and Carla Rucker. They were talking about information that they have gotten concerning this law of one or love and light, how we were all part of one being. They were getting their information from an unusual source. Mm -hmm. They were getting it through channeled information, through supposedly extraterrestrial entities that are more advanced than we are and who know very well about the law of one and who seek to help Earth to learn it without infringing on our free will and just telling us flat out, this is the way it is. We have to call for the information. We have to be ready for it. And we have to be ready to share it. So within about six months, I met them and decided that our paths were crossing for a reason and that I needed to join their work. So that was in, uh, that was 74. And through a few years of uh, being together and uh, going up and being part of their meditations on Sunday night, I eventually joined them in the fall of 1980. Then, with three weeks later, we began what has now become known as the raw contact. We were contacted by entities that were supposedly the same entities that the Egyptians worshipped as their god of the sun. Unfortunately, they deified these entities who hap happened to be able to communicate with them and who wanted to share the law of one with them, but the Egyptians felt that they were gods and that they were more than just brothers and sisters, which is the way Ra looked at themselves. So all of the law of one information that we have has come from this contact that lasted from uh, January of, two, of uh, 1981 until March of 1984. We had 106 sessions that came out as five different books at that time. And it contains the law of one, which basically says, that the one infinite creator has made the entire universe out of itself. That all of us are part of that creator and that the creator did this in order that it might know itself better, more fully, with more variety and more intensity. So each one of us, as we travel on our spiritual path back to the one infinite creator, give the creator more knowledge about itself. We get more knowledge about the creator and ourselves and this spiritual journey lasts for a long time in our terms, millions of years. And there are various densities of experience, just like there are octaves in the musical scale. So we're in what Ra calls the third density, where we make a choice. Here we are, we are a complete entity. We have a mind, we have a body, and we have a spirit. And we can make this choice as to whether we want to be of service to others or service to self. Both paths are viable up to a certain point for the negative, for the service to self. But this is basically what the, the law of one says, is that we are all part of the creator. The creator is within each of us. And our spiritual journey is to discover that creator within us and within every other being. That's, that's a thumbnail sketch of it all. Wow, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And like I said, I have not read the law of one. I do listen to a lot of channel material. Um, and everything you said, I resonate fully and completely with 100%. But I also like to, to emphasize um, that we're not just a part, we're a holographic aspect of the all. Meaning, Rumi said it best, when Rumi said you're not a drop in the ocean, you are the ocean in a drop. Each one of us is all of God, not just a piece of God. We're holographic. If people understand what holographic means is that you could take a, we have trillions of cells in our body. 
And if a person took a, a microscopic cell of me, they, and they knew how to clone, they could clone another me. Because all of me is in that microscopic cell. Just like we are all cells of God, all that is. I use, I like the term all that is, the universe, whatever term, doesn't matter what, what name uh, we, we call all that is. Because he's all that is. He, he wants to experience life through us, as us. And, and that, is, that was my awakening moment, which I said for me came through understanding quantum physics. Even though I studied spirituality and metaphysics off and on for over 30 years, it was quantum physics that really had me understand the truth of the universal oneness. So that is amazing. Thank you so much. Now, Gary, can you please give us an uh, introduction of who you are and how you got involved with this work? Yeah, uh, thank you. I am, like you, like Jim, like many people, a spiritual seeker. I was barely asleep, you might say, the first 18 years of my life or so, just living in a world that had that I had inherited from you know, parents and friends and mass media and so forth. And an alarm clock, figuratively speaking, uh, went off at that time and my lights got activated and I followed them. I began to ask questions that are on the heart of anybody engaged in a path of spiritual seeking. Uh, you know, who am I? What is the meaning of this experience? What are we doing here? What is the nature of reality? And, you know, a, a thousand more variations of that. And as with any quest, it leads one somewhere um, to various discoveries. Those discoveries happen by way of what one encounters in the outside world, whether books or people or circumstance, but most profoundly, of course, they are discoveries of self, self-discoveries as one removes the onion layers, I've heard it called, of consciousness, revealing something new underneath and then something new underneath that. And the more, to dive into metaphysics momentarily, the more one digs down within the self, the more one discovers what you and Jim are describing, the uh, underlying oneness of all of life. So my own path um, <clears throat> led me to probably understandings that you would resonate with. And within just a couple of years, I had stumbled on book one of the law of one. And you really might dig it. <laughs> um, it uh, was January 2000. I was one, just about to turn 20 years old. And uh, reading book one online, my eyes were waterfalls. I, had, I was encountering my philosophical home. And there was a deep sort of resonance, the same resonance that one feels when they discover what is true for oneself. And I knew it in my bones in a way that no event within the world can really controvert. No voice within the world, which isn't to say I'm closed to evidence or skeptical questioning of my beliefs. I think we all need to do that, to be balanced and healthy on the path of seeking. But it spoke to my heart. That was almost 20 years ago, and it's continued to guide and inform and 
clarify and inspire. I like that word. Really, really inspire the journey for me. It's um, has it is a resource. I mean, ultimately, our deepest resources within the self and comes from our connection to the divine. But the law of one as a text is uh, the single greatest resource I have encountered among many, many other gems of spiritual insight all over the world. It's not exclusive. There, as you quoted Rumi, Rumi is brilliant and beautiful. Uh, I love Rumi. Uh, the, the law of one for me and for the small demographic of people who resonate with it um, find just an inexhaustible resource of spiritual insight. So um, to cut to the end of my reply, within a couple years of discovering the law of one, I had crossed paths with Carla and Jim. And I attended a small gathering that they held in their home in Louisville, Kentucky or Louisville, as uh, the rest of the world knows our city. And they invited me to uh, an experiment of spiritual community. So uh, I moved in with them at 23 years old. And um, that community, that initial community eventually faded. I stayed on and we lived together. And Carla Ruckert, who is the uh, channel, the instrument in the law of one and was LL Research's primary channel for several decades. Uh, she's since passed. She um, invited me to take up a formal position. She created the first ever position at our little nonprofit um, as an administrative assistant. So I took that on and I grew in the role and um, eventually began administratively running this little nonprofit. So presently I'm my formal title is its director, but uh, we don't have too much formality here. <laughs> Thanks. So that concludes me. Well, that is, that is amazing. I hope you guys can hear me. Okay. Um, Cause okay. It just a pop. I, when I unmuted myself, a message popped up. Anyway. Um, no, no, no. Um, that is so amazing. I, and I love, I love so much the fact that you guys are nonprofit and all of this you guys are making available. I personally, I love what you said about inspired. Cause I always say, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a guru. I share what resonates as true for me. And I, I'm just trying to inspire. I use that word because inspire means have another go within because that's where it is. All the truth that we need to know is not in the outer world of illusion, this dream world. It's within us. That's what, it, and actually in truth, there is only within us and each of us as holographic aspects of the divine. So I, I love what you said. And I love, I really, for me, what, lay, what, what, what resonates for me is sharing this information with the world freely and I love that is that's what you, your organization is doing. I, I'd love for you guys to give our listeners that may, I, like I said, I have, I have not read it, but I have heard of the law of one for many, many years. And I understand there is a channel, there's um, a scribe, and I think there's, isn't there three? There's a channel, there's a scribe. And another, I could be wrong, but could you guys give us a little, yeah, Jim, we'll go, we'll go to you. Give us a little bit more of the history of the Law of One 
and the channel and the scribe. Well, there's also a questioner. So there were three of us. And uh, the questioner was a physics professor at the University of Louisville uh, around 1955. And he'd been asking the big questions of life. Uh, how big is the universe? Who made it? How does it work? And he got as far as he could in physics at that time and decided to get into metaphysics. So he began doing regressive hypnosis on people and he'd regressed over 200 people to prove to himself that reincarnation was the way that things worked. So around 1961, he came across information from a group in Detroit that was channeling information from supposed extraterrestrial beings. So he looked at that information, decided to try and experiment with his physics students. He invited uh, 12 of them to come to meditate once a week and occasionally twice a week. And one of them asked if uh, he could bring his girlfriend. That turned out to be Carla Rucker. Eventually, uh, he and she got together to form LNL Research in 1968, and she eventually became the instrument or the channel. Uh, as I mentioned to you, when I joined them in 1980, then the uh, information they'd been getting through conscious channeling uh, began to take on another aspect. Uh, she went into trance unexpectedly and began to channel this entity called Ra. So, Don was the questioner. He had all, all this 25 years of experience of investigating UFOs and the paranormal, of being in physics, knowing what the uh, standard uh, quantum physics said at the time. And he uh, had the uh, intuition as well to be able to question Ra as to how does this universe work? Uh, how are we all part of it? And as I was the scribe, then uh, I would transcribe these sessions after they were over. And eventually, as I said, we put together um, five books that came from the 106 sessions. And just to reinforce what you said, um, Ross said that not only are we a portion of the creator, but the creator exists in total in every aspect of the creation, which is a paradox that is hard to imagine. But apparently that is exactly the way it works. So that's the basic outline. Um, the contact, as I said, um, ended with Don's uh, passing in 1984. And Carla and I continued here at LNL Research with conscious channeling uh, because we needed to have the three of us together in order to do the trance type of channeling. So uh, until Carla passed uh, four years ago, we gathered probably 1,500 more sessions of information that was talked about various aspects of people's lives, how they all blend together to form this unity that we are as the creator. So that's basically the way that it's worked. And as Gary said, uh, when he joined us back in uh, 2000, three or four, um, then we began to expand some as an organization. And uh, all of our information is available for free on the internet at www.llresearch.org in the form of PDFs. We also have books to sell if people want to buy books, but you can get it all for free if you want. Amazing, that is so great. I love, I love it. I, um, like I said, I once, it, it's weird because it was a documentary that woke me up to the truth of oneness and it wasn't awakening. I like how Gary used to term, he was sleeping the first 18 years and many of us, we come here, we're sleeping and we gradually wake up and everybody's awakening is uniquely different and that's the way it's supposed to be. And all of the, I listen to so much channel information, the thing I love about it is that it all is saying the same thing. And the wonderful thing about like the book, The Law of One, you have conversations with God, you have um, 
A Course in Miracles. You have all these wonderful channel materials and in their own way, because they're uniquely saying, speaking differently. Language can get tricky and somebody can hear a sentence and interpret it one way and somebody could hear that exact same sentence and interpret it in a total different way. So that's the wonderful thing about having all these different resources because one may resonate with another and not with another. So we need all these different resources telling us the truth, the oneness. And when whatever I, it all is saying that. Even if you go back into um, religion, all of the um, religions, when you go to the core truth of them, like you were talking about um, with Ra and the Egyptians, how they, the Egyptians started worshiping them and they didn't want that. Same thing with Jesus. Jesus never said, worship me. Jesus said, I and my father are one. And he never said, but you're not. <laughs> you know, we're all one. Jesus was teaching oneness. Te Jesus was teaching, we are all one with the father. But people, then they, they started putting him up on the pedestal and thinking, oh, only he's one with the father. Okay. You know, but um, please now, Gary, I want you to chime in and, and share your thoughts. I love the fact that you're, you are a baby in all of this. <laughs> a baby? How old do you think I am? Well, you said you started getting into this around when you were 20 and you've been doing it for 20 years. So in your 40s, early 40s, that's still a baby. <laughs> I guess I gave it away. Yeah, most yeah, people under guess my age. And my, I have a daughter that's 38. You're a baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, 39. But yeah, as I approach 40, I'll hang on to that, actually, because age is beginning to set in. So um, what you wanted me to just bounce off what you said? Or did you, was there a specific question? Yeah. Just, just kind of bounce off. Bounce off? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree that um, you made multiple points that um, awakening is unique to each individual. I like what you said um, regarding Jesus's teaching that I and the Father are one. I think that is one of the fundamental flaws of any organized religion is the um, making it an infallible and exclusive truth, like only our particular sect or way of viewing the world sees it right, everybody else. Um, and, you know, that's what's really beautiful about unity is the understanding that there are a plurality of viewpoints, um, an entire multifaceted spectrum, and each has a space, you know, even if that viewpoint is pathological or destructive or what you might call evil like that is part of the tapestry of the whole even mutually um, irreconcilable truths or incompatible truths are everything has a place um, in a creation of oneness and the point it makes it difficult for those trying to get on the same page you mentioned difficulties in communication and the inherent or the, rather the problems inherent in language. So finding what is objectively true is can be a quixotic or impossible task for those 
in the dream. I like that you use the word dream too. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna jump in here because I love one of the one of the um, ETs that I listen to a lot, Elon. He and he says this all the time. All truths are true to the person believing them because we each are creating our reality from our beliefs. So the wonderful thing, and I have this conversation all the time, I say unity within diversity. That's exact, it's everyone. And when you look at the yin and yang symbol, it's equally black, it's equally white. In this world of duality, there are polar opposites, but yet those polar opposites, fear and love, those are like the things that motivate us to, to act. They're usually out of love or fear. And you would think they are polar, op- polar opposites, but they're the same vibration. I mean, they're the same energy, a different vibration. Okay, they're the same energy. Fear is of a low vibration. Love is of a high vibration. But it actually is the same energy, just vibrating at a different frequency. So everything that we think as humans our opposites are actually the same thing, just at a different vibration. So when we understand that there is nothing outside of God, everything is God. What we call evil, I don't call anything evil because I know everything is God. Now, some now low vibration, I think of everything in terms of vibration. There's low vibration. Now, low vibration is very dense. It's a slower vibration, and it is a separative vibration. Usually, when a person's um, vibrating at a low vibration, they think that everything is separate. They're, they're like, it's only me, and I have to control the world, or you know, some craziness like that. And it, it's just all about me kind of a vibration. And, and that's a low energy vibration. A higher vibration, you know that everything is one. You know that everything is love. And you are part of that love. And even that person who thinks totally differently or believes totally different from you, they are a divine aspect of God that is is just operating on a lower frequency. Like um, like Jim mentioned, the dimensions. And that's how I discovered you guys. I was looking into dimensions. And that's how I discovered. And the um, let's talk about the dimension, the third dimension, that we're actually from all of the channeled information I'm getting now is that we're actually moving humanity is moving from the third to the fifth we're not we're not going to skip but we're kind of going to go quickly through fourth to the fifth dimension but please jim talk share more about dimensions to for our listeners well apparently the creation of the one infinite creator is much like the octave of a musical scale that we begin in the first dimension with what uh, Ra described as earth, wind, fire, and water. And that these elements eventually become able to fuse or solidify into what we would call a planet. So that the beginning of life is possible, that there's a very simple awareness in that first density. But as the vibrations begin to increase, that there is the possibility of this simple awareness moving into the second density where what we would call plants and animals begin at a very low level of life and begin to evolve through many 
millions and even billions of years to begin to develop what is called self-consciousness. So this simple consciousness becomes more self-conscious, and as it is more self-conscious, able to give and receive what we call love, then it moves into the third density where we are now. And this mind and body that has developed in the first density and then the second density is, has added to it what we call the spirit. So that here in the third density, we are complete beings. We have a mind, we have a body, we have a spirit, and we have self-consciousness. We can determine what we want to do, how we want to do it, when. We have free will. The creator has granted us all free will to choose the path that we take back to unity with the creator. So here is where apparently there is the choice of either, uh, as it says in the Bible, be the either hot or cold, or I was to spew the out of my mouth. So we choose to be either positively oriented, service to others, or negatively oriented, service to self. And this is possible uh, because the light and the dark are both parts of the infinite creator. They are all parts of the self. They all give the creator a way of knowing itself more intensely, more purely, and with greater variety. So in the fourth density, the density of love or understanding, which we are apparently moving to now, is the density where we can begin to share unconditional love with all the creation about us. We don't even have to know a person. We just know they are part of the creator, so I love them because they exist. The negative entities have more of a chance and a desire to control and separate from for a certain period of what we call time. And in the fifth density, this love that we learn in the fourth density then has added to it a balancing factor, which we call wisdom or light. It shines light upon things and we see things more clearly. We see things that are uh, able to give us uh, more insight into growing and learning and serving and becoming one with the creator. Now in the sixth density, these two qualities, these two basic qualities of love and light are balanced. And each person then is of necessity has to see us all as one being. This is difficult for the negative entities. They, they see themselves as being the creator, but they don't see others, they separate themselves. So, but being wise, having come through the fifth density, they also see that if they want to continue going further in unity with the creator, they have to switch polarities. They have to get rid of the negative polarity, get rid of that separation, become unified with all, see all as the self and as the creator. So at that point, then these polarities have served their purpose. Uh, we drop the polarities and we begin to move into what Ra calls the seventh density, the density of foreverness. And in that density, uh, the looking back and the incarnations is completed. And we begin to move into what Ra called the eighth density, the final density of the octave, where everything is, is absorbed into what we would call, what physics calls, the black hole. Now, the black hole is what is the spiritual mass, everything we've learned through every act of free will that we have uh, created throughout this entire experience, millions of years, going from the first through the seventh, now to the eighth density, all our gifts to the creator, of our choices that help the creator know itself better, we give to the creator. And this gift begins to compress and amalgamate so that on the other side of the black hole is a new white star that begins to start this octave over once again, except now it starts with all the information that we gained in this previous eight densities. And we begin again, just as we did before. This apparently is an infinite progression. It's been going on infinitely before we know the time, 
and it will continue on infinitely into what we call the future. And yet all of this happens in what Ra calls the eternal present. So glad you, you mentioned that because one of my favorite, most favorite books is The Power of Now. And I do, I, it, we as human beings use this thing called time as a measurement tool. But in truth, there is no time. It's all happening in the now. And, and I, I truly understand that. And for me, it helps me to stay grounded in my truth when I stay present. Not thinking about the past, not worrying about the future. When I remind myself, all there is is now, stay grounded in the now. And, and that's, that's how it helps me to, to stay grounded is to stay present. And I do believe that all there is is now. Yes. Okay, um, Gary, yes, please just chime in. Give us your thoughts on, on the conversation. Yeah, so, um, man, lots of good threads to follow back and forth here. A few, I made a couple notes, things I wanted to say. Um, one is regarding back to that um, diversity of viewpoints. <laughs> in an infinite creation that arise because of mechanisms or rather the a design of the universe as Jim was describing it, whereby each thing in the infinite creation is invested with free will from the least complex and as you were describing it, lowest vibrational form to the highest uh, vibrational form. Each thing is possessed with free will so that it can exercise its free will to experience and to make choices. And in this way, the creator knows itself more fully as Jim was describing. But um, to, there, there's a point I wanted to make about um, different points of view or different ways of seeing the one eternal truth. And that's that uh, we tend to think that different perspectives that um, are more purely rooted in love or in what Jim was describing, the service to others path will harmonize with one another. They will create, they may be different. They may, uh, you know, may have different takes, but they will harmonize the way that different notes do to create a melody. And I think it's in the melody, really, is where one begins to touch into the creator, not just strictly in one's own note. Though, of course, the, as you were describing, the creator is fully present in everyone and everything and in every moment. And to riff um, quickly on you were... Your, your understanding is really congruent with aspects of the law of one. In particular, you were describing the like hierarchy of vibration, which is not a hierarchy which, which places value and says this is necessarily better and this is lower because it's all the creator, right? Um, but you were describing how these vibrations all arise out of the one energy. And this is what the law of one describes. And this is present in other mystical teachings too, that there is only ever one energy. But the way that the law of one tackles that is to say that that one energy is distorted. 
distortion is a key concept of this particular philosophy. It's so important. In fact, it goes back to the cosmological beginning of the universe as Ra describes it. They say that the one infinite creator will use the word prior, prior to manifestation and the creation itself was undistorted. It was pure, what Ra calls intelligent infinity. It was um, because it's infinity, naturally any attempt to <laughs> describe it with finite concepts and language is going to be uh, ab an abysmal failure. But um, this infinity was undistorted. There was no distortions. It was just pure mystery, pure being. And this infinity realized a concept, so to speak, that it could know itself. And this was the first distortion, Ra says, of that infinity. Now, distortion in this context doesn't have a, a pejorative connotation. It's just like a little, the way I wrap my head around it is to say like a little twist, a little modification. And the creator distorted itself and in three primal ways, Ra describes. The first distortion, and this is their testimony, <clears throat> the first distortion was the distortion of free will that the creator could and would know itself. From this first distortion arose the second distortion, the second primal distortion, which is love or logos. And then was born the third distortion, which is light. So the second distortion, love, using its free will, um, which I see as the consciousness of the creator, that being love, determines, creates an architecture or a design for manifestation or creation or universes. And it manifests that design via light. Light is the material or the body of the universe. And then from those three primal distortions, um, all the various entities and, and portions of the creator that are created then further distort the creator. And in our particular world, we're um, pretty much uh, awash with all sorts of <laughs> distortions. Um, and that distortion can go, um, I'm wrapping up now, that, uh, that distortion can go on indefinitely. And part of the journey of the spiritual seeker is to undistort that which has been distorted, to return to the original vibration of of love and light and unity and as that the seeker undistorts so to speak and engages that process then the vibration to loop back to what you were saying rises higher within the self the self has a higher and higher vibration so yeah i'll, wrap, I'll conclude there that was beautifully said i guess I mean, like I said, words sometimes can be so tricky, but no, you said it actually correctly because in truth, we know in oneness that no matter how distorted an individual may be, it's, um, that person is divine. That person is of light. And for me, I always view every, everything as like a child a baby or a baby trying a, a toddler trying to walk and he falls and you're like oh you don't get mad at him you can't how can you get mad at a toddler trying to walk so when you have people doing things that you would never even think of doing like killing and raping and, and all the madness that goes on in this world um you know that they're 
they're very, you know, they're very distorted in the sense using your terminology and they're, they're operating from a very low frequency. And, but we know that the core essence of them is divine. And so I have to look at them with unconditional love and unconditional non-judgment. So that's why, um, and you, it was right what you said about, um, the organized religions. I always felt from, um, I was sent to Catholic school as a, as a very young child. And what was being taught to me, the dogma of Catholicism from the time I was four or five years old did not resonate with me. So there's something wrong here. Um, it's because my heart was still just trying to resonate with what sounded true. Of course, I didn't say resonate at four and five years old. <laughs> but um, what I'm saying is that no matter where a person is, an individual, which is an aspect of all that is, is vibrating, we, as, as we awaken, we look upon them with love and unconditional, a non-judgment and unconditional love. That, and that's how, um, I think that's how you know that you are getting closer to that oneness, getting closer to that unity. When no matter what a person says or does, you, you look upon them with love. And not saying, not saying, we're not condoning bad behavior at all. But you understand that that person is just operating from where their understanding, their free will, and their understanding has led them to that point. And then, but recognizing the divinity in them. And so that, that's where I think words get tricky because with um, major religions, there seems to be a lot of judgment. And with oneness, there is no judgment. With true oneness and unity, it's, it's just unconditional love. Go ahead, Gary. I think you wanted to say something. Oh, I was taking notes for when the, the mic came back around my way. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, hey, I'm throwing it your way. Then we'll go. So we'll go to Jim after you. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. while, while your notes are fresh in your mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to do that as a little handicap for myself, Ralph. Like, there's so many. You're... Um, stimulating uh, a lot of good thought, both you and Jim, and then like something will come up and then it'll fade from my mind immediately. So I write it down. Um, yes. So uh, one thing that was coming up for me while listening to you is the distance uh, between like intellectual understanding and, and experiential understanding within the South, because um what you describe regarding seeing the divine in, in self and other self and seeing everybody with love, however bad or, or ugly really there or hurtful their behavior, that is an elevated and enlightened and open-hearted state of consciousness. And that's um, those upon the positive path are striving for precisely that. Um, the, you are describing the positive path aspects of the positive path as it's described in the law of one, um, which include the desire to serve 
others, to help alleviate suffering, and, and ultimately to empower people by awakening them to their divine essence. Not like you were saying at the beginning of the program, not um, necessarily teaching information, but holding up a mirror to show them who they really are. And the state of consciousness that you're describing, whereby you see people with love, that seeing is the, one of the clearest mirrors to give to, to somebody. Even if it's not expressed in words, just it is a vibrational uh, radiance from you that moves from your, from your state of being into the environment and it clarifies the environment and it gives others the opportunity to see who they really are. They may not take that opportunity. They may have deep wounding and pain that blinds them to love, or they may be unable to forgive themselves or other people. And there's so many blockages and distortions to love. But um, to conclude, to speak to that distance between experiential and intellectual understanding, um, what you describe of that state of mind is inspirational to me because I like all those embarked upon a positive path, seek that as well, but find I have limitations uh, actually embodying that and and holding that light. So I'd be interested in bouncing a question back to you and asking if you have, uh, if you find that your heart um, finds opportunity for blockage and limitations, or if you're always in this state of, just like unconditional love for other people. You're the, you know what? You're not the only person who asked me that, has asked me that question over the, I would say the last four or five years. I, um, like I said, I, I launched this show four years ago, uh, six months after my son's transition to spirit. I don't use the word death because there is no such thing. He's very much with me and he's already told me he's the co-host of this show. He's in spirit. He transitioned actually exactly five years ago, July 1st of this year, 2019. Um, but um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it was an evolution process for me. Um, and I know because for me personally, I, I know I still have a physical body. I'm, I'm still here in, in the physical realm, but I look at everything from my spiritual eyes. So I know spiritually we are all one and that other what no matter what they're doing to me i know they're just an aspect of me and um so i look at upon them with love and I, and it does like you said without me even saying it it is everything is energy it is vibration sometimes i don't sometimes people will come at me with a negative energy and i don't respond i don't return most of the times that's what happens as you, us in our physicalness, somebody comes at us and attacks us, our first instinct is to attack back. But when I don't, it kind of like, they're like, they stopped in their tracks. In truth, it takes two to argue. So if, if I'm not arguing, they can't continue to argue. They have to like, well, wait a second, she's not attacking me back. So, so that makes them take a, a step back and say, wait a second, why am I doing this? You know, like you said, it, it's holding up a mirror in front of them. It's like, it's, so when you don't feed off of their energy and you stay grounded in your energy of unconditional love, you see so many people just change in front of your eyes. And it doesn't have to be verbally. It can just be 
a vibration. So that, did that answer your question? But it was, it, it was, it was definitely a yes. process. I wasn't born this way. I'm, I like I said, I have a daughter that's 38. My son, if he was still here in the physical, would be 34. Um, and I'm 57. So it, it, it's a process. And it's a moment to moment. It's a moment to moment reminding myself who I truly am. Now, Jim, I don't want to leave Jim out of the conversation. Jump in. Jump in and get your feet wet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people say if the uh, what we call God or the creator is a beneficent essence, why do we have all this um, violence in the world? Why do we have such dissension and just separation between people? I think that one of the things that we all do before we come here is we go through this, uh, what they call the forgetting process. Because here, if we're going to make a choice, that choice has to be made in uh, a crucible. It has to be made in the, 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 the fires of our own being where we can look around us and see what's happening. And then perhaps in contemplation or meditation or prayer, look within to see if we can find answers for ourselves as how do we want to respond? How do we see ourselves? This is the beginning, the conscious beginning of our spiritual journey. So we become conscious beings and we look around like you have and we see that people are behaving in various ways because they're like the child that does not yet know how to walk, does not talk with a language that we can understand, uh, has perhaps some perceptions that have been distorted by misinformation or whatever reason. Some people seem to learn faster than others. So we become part of this conscious process of seeking the truth. And as we do that, we see that there is a force within us, that still small voice that is the creator, that speaks to us. It, some people call it a conscience. that gives us a direction and uh, a focus for our attention so that we begin to use this energy of our life and invest it in a way that can teach us and that everybody around us can teach us. If we look beyond the behavior that people exhibit and see that what we might call the soul, the essence that somehow in there is being blocked or cloaked by that behavior, we can realize that we have that same sort of effect in us, but perhaps we don't have it in the same way. And maybe we're fortunate that we consciously seek to go beyond the behaviors that are not harmonious, behaviors that do not exemplify the learnings and the teachings of all the great religions, of what we really know in our heart is true. Every religion I believe that is valuable teaches us what we already know in our heart is true, that the creator is here, is with us, is whole and perfect, as I read. So on this journey, we look through the illusion of separateness, the illusion of anger, and we see that this is a representation of what people need our help. They need our love, and they don't need our argument, like you said. We don't need to argue back and forth with them. We need to love them. We need to accept them see them as ourselves because they are ourselves. So as we do this, then we become more what you might call enlightened or aware of the true nature of reality. We begin to see through this veil of forgetting that we use to cloak the truth from ourselves. And we cloak it because in order to really have it mean something to us, we have to discover it as a real moving force and energy in our lives. as something that we can awaken. We can um, use it to fertilize and plant seeds of love and light everywhere within the people in our 
daily round of activities, wherever we go, we're going to find opportunities to love and serve, to be of service and, and to forgive, to attempt to accept and, and to look past the seeming differences and realize in, in their hearts, there is no difference. We are all really one. Wow, that's so, so beautifully said. Because in truth, that, that is the essence of what you said is so true. Because we, in the physical realm, we think hardships and when, when people are attacking us, our situation are attacking us, those are terrible. But actually, those are our greatest blessings. Those are our greatest blessings because those, those are our moments of reminding ourselves, of awakening. Like you say, we come, into, we come into this realm forgetting who we are. We have no remembering. But the, 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 the situation and the people that get on our nerves are exactly there to do that, to help awaken us. Wait, he's like, wait a second. You know, that it's so actually we are, we all, in every, all situations, we actually chose them. We wrote the script for that person. That person that is driving us up the wall, we wrote the script for them. We, there's, I don't know if you're familiar with Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God, but he actually wrote a children's book called The Little Soul in the Sun. And you can actually hear him, him reading, or you can hear it read on YouTube for free. But it's a children's book that I have for my grandson. And the essence of that book is when we were in spirit, we asked people to be mean to us. We asked people to, to help remind us of who we are when we're here. So our greatest blessings are the worst things that ever happened to us, are our greatest blessings. And it sounds crazy from a human perspective, but from the spiritual spiritual perspective, that kind of is how it is. So that's why um, I love. There was something I was like, like Gary said. I, I had another thought too in response to what Jim said, and I, that thought I didn't write it down like Gary. <laughs> but no, it's, it's very true what you you were saying, Jim. It is. Um, it is all about remembering who we truly are. And as we remember that in each and every now moment, we will respond differently to, you know, people that are, are attacking us, our situations, or we will take a step back and remember, oh, I know what I wanted to share too. Oh, I know too, something uh, Gary said about ex, um, experiential and intellectual. For me, I had an awakening watching watching a quantum a film on quantum physics. But it was one sentence that was an it was an experiential awakening because something woke up inside of me, and it was one sentence in this long documentary, "What the Bleep." Um, and Lynn McTaggart said the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. And when she said that one statement, something woke up inside of me. It wasn't an intellectual knowing. It was a soul knowing that that statement is true. When mankind understands, when mankind awakens to the fact that we are just one and there's no separation, it'll not only put it into war, 
It'll put it into crime. It'll put it into poverty. We will be living heaven on earth when mankind knows that simple truth. And it's a simple truth. And everything is telling science, spirituality, ancient wisdom, everything is telling us this truth that we are all one. And, and when mankind awakens to that simple truth, we will be living heaven on earth. So um, jump in, Gary. I, I definitely don't, this is, I want you guys to share all about what you guys do with the LL, now how do I say it? L and L are LL research. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Okay. I like LL research because I like, it's L is love, light, and the other L, love and light, right? I like LL research. So share, please, please let our listeners know how they can find you and how they can find, how they can get a hold of the book if they want the book or if they want to read it online. Please share all about what you guys are doing because you're doing amazing work. Okay, I will. Thank you for the invite. Uh, talk a little bit about LL Research. Um, as Jim mentioned, our organization gives away the fruit of all, its, all of its work for free, which includes channeling transcripts that go back to 1974. So 40 years worth of this conversation with these sources of intelligence on topics um, just like the ones we're discussing here, spiritual evolution, service to others, the nature of reality, so on and so forth. And all of this material is available at llresearch.org. And uh, we hold uh, a couple of um, social transformational gatherings every year. Um, and we offer various services, which you can find on our website, including we uh, have an ethic of uh, attempting to respond to every single email that comes in, which uh, a lot of which is uh, helping seekers with questions about their own path, uh, applying the philosophy or just tackling some conundrum or uh, they may have questions about the philosophy itself. And uh, we always attempt to do so in a, and with loaded with disclaimers that you know we are not authorities we're seekers stumbling our own way along the long dusty road and um the disclaimers around our work are important we always want to we we offer this material as um was the spirit set forth by don and carla and is still being lived by jim of non-proselytate I always get tongue-tied around that word, non-proselytization. Uh, it's just a couple too many syllables in that one. Um, in that, like, we're not <clears throat> suggesting to any seeker that this is the one source of truth. I mean, as there are infinite paths to finding the creator within the self, and we always want to convey that this is just one resource along that path. And for the small demographic who resonate with this resource, it is powerful and transformative and we receive testimony every week from people who have been uh, irrevocably changed by this enduringly so um, people who have been with this material for 20 30 or more years but it's ever and only a resource along the spiritual journey and we offer it in the spirit as do the sources with whom we communicate through channeling suggest 
that if this works for you, like, great, run with it, use it, apply it. And if it doesn't, then like find what does work for you because there is something else out there. The important part is the seeking and the question asking and the looking within and especially the meditation. We're, we're big advocates of meditation, but yeah, I hope that gives a, a quick view. That, that is amazing. That's awesome because in truth, what I'm discovering, like for myself, um, it was 2007 that I had my awakening. Um, and like I said, I had studied metaphysical, metaphysical studies, spirituality studies off and on for 30 years, but there was a missing piece for me. And the missing piece was the understanding of oneness. And it was actually quantum physics that gave me that miss, missing piece. But I say to everyone, I'm not a guru, I'm not a teacher. Please, what resonates, if this doesn't resonate for you, then hey, find what resonates because your truth that you should be living is with inside you. It's not outside, it's within. And also the other thing, as soon as I had my awakening, um, I wanted to the, the share it with the world. I want, I'm like, I want the world to get this. And that's why I guess after my biggest challenge in life, losing my only son, um, that's when spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and said, okay, you know what's on your heart. You know what you want to do. You want to inspire the world to inspire, meaning have a person point them to them, to go within and find the truth that resonates in their heart, not what their parents taught them, not what the church taught them, not what society is teaching, but what resonates in your heart as true. Go within, find your truth, and then when you find your truth, live your truth. And I found my truth is oneness. And I and I and in my higher self, I say my higher self, and our higher self, I believe, is always, always, always whispering to us and, and guiding us we not we don't always listen but higher self is always whispering and guiding us. and in the middle of the night higher self said just do it now there was two things i did that night i i looked up how do you start an internet radio show i didn't i never even heard of the word podcast at that time and how to start a non-profit foundation i have founded a non-profit foundation in my son's memory my son's name was Kyle, and I spell it Kyle in capital letters because Kyle is an acronym. K-Y-L-E is keep your light expanding. So I have started a nonprofit, and the, the purpose and the mission of the nonprofit is the same as Awake to Oneness Radio. I would like to host events um, where people can come and hear this information for free, you know, donate what you can, just like people go to church and give a donation. You know, I think this, this information should be shared with the world freely so we can all wake up. <laughs> so Jim, please, any final thoughts from you? And again, share with our listeners how they can find you, your website. Our website, their archive website is uh, www.llresearch.org. And there is a vast quantity of information there. As Gary said, there's channelings from back in 74. There's uh, letters that Carla wrote over the years. There's uh, uh, blogs that uh, all of us have taken part in. There's forums that people can take part in discussing uh, threads of thought. 
Um, there's all kinds of good information there, and we invite people to come and to be part of it, however much or little they like to be. Um, we have meditations uh, from uh, September through May on the uh, Saturdays, each Saturday, and uh, we alternate silent meditations and channeling meditations. We're glad to have people come from out of town and to be part of those meditations. Uh, if you have questions that you'd like to ask, uh, we're happy to entertain them. Uh, contact at llresearch.org will get you a contact with Gary. And if there's information that uh, you ask about that I might be able to help with, he'll send it on to me. Austin also helps with that. So we try to uh, be of service to everyone who comes our way. And we are very blessed by having a, a great family of LNL research folks around the world that has uh, gathered together over the years. And uh, we always hope to be of service to whomever might need our service. Awesome. Now, when you say you host, are these meditations online or are they in person? They're in person here in our home okay. where uh, I've lived for the last 35 years. And, and Carla did until she passed away five years ago. Okay. And that is located where? You're located where? Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. All right. So that's what Midwest, I guess. I'm, 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 I'm an East Coast girl. I'm in the Pocono <laughs> Mountains. <laughs> Oh, yeah. we're, we're sort of uh, more eastern than midwest um, okay okay around indiana kentucky tennessee we're all you know part of a little family out here okay well if i'm ever in that neck of the woods i'll be knocking on your door <laughs> well that's good we'd be glad to see you love to have you yes and gary did you have any final thoughts and final words you want to share with our listeners yeah, a few final ones, um, starting with uh, Austin Bridges was supposed to be here with us for this interview today, but he got sick, so he he's, uh, express, uh, sends his apologies that he couldn't make it, but he's part of the um, core team here with Jim and I that makes LL Research run, and a quick metaphysical nugget, and I wanted to bring in the word authority because you were hitting on it and I was hitting on it. I especially love that you said you were describing how difficulties can become your greatest blessing. The word that the law of one uses for that is catalyst, that this is all catalyst. It, it catalyzes our spiritual evolution. But then you said, but actually you chose that in a way. And I think this ties back into like the free will inherent in all things that ultimately you are experiencing your own script so to speak and toward that and the law of one as i think re would resonate with you um invest a radical level of self-responsibility in the entity and we as an organization and as people within the organization always try to mirror the same um downplaying our own authority and indicating that the only the only person that can know what is true for you is is you you are the authority or the authority is within and then finally, to conclude, um, thank you for having us on the show. And I get a vibe from you of like uh, of an ability to be a preacher, and in in the highest sense of that word, you know, like you have a you <laughs> you convey a sense to me that like you like to riff and speak inspired words and light other people up and you know get them off their feet. Even I can, I don't know if you've ever done that role like formally or you just kind of informal thing when you're in social settings, but yeah, you've got a good, uh, you've got a brilliant Blu ray and a gift for inspired speaking. So, well, thank you. 
thank you so much. Like I said, I, I launched the, my, this podcast, Wait to Win This Radio. I lost launched four years ago, four and a half years ago. And um, I am now, actually, I'm going to be doing my first public speaking. Well, no, actually, it's not the first. It's the first one where it will be just me. I have done, I have hosted on other events. I've hosted panels. But um, I'll be doing my first public speaking at a, giving my own first, um, my own presentation at a Unity Church next month in a local Unity Church here. So I do feel my higher self is saying, now you need to go out. I'm working on my first book. <laughs> and, uh, and my son told me from Spirit when he told me two and a half years ago, Mom, you have a book in you. And at that time, I wasn't ready to write. But I, I've started the book. And I am now seeking to do more public speaking. But I would not call myself a preacher. <laughs> no, not, not at all. But this has been amazing. I just, I, I love having you both. I, and I, I'm sorry, Austin, please give my well wishes to Austin. And maybe we can do this again. I really, I mean, we resonate completely. And definitely we have to keep in touch. And maybe we can do things together. And of course, I'll get to meet Austin at that time which is great. Yes. So you guys both unmute yourself because I know we've been keeping ourselves muted just to, to, um, to prevent feedback, but I want us all to say a good goodbye to each other. Thank you so, so much for being my guest. This has been amazing. I get a high. I don't have to do drugs. I get a high every time I do <laughs> I do. This is my high. Um, but thank you so much. And, and yes, sir, I think when, as we awaken, the first thing we want to do is share that and, and serve others because my heart is, is resonating with everything you guys do. And I feel the same way. Um, I respond to, I don't, I don't probably don't get as many emails as you guys get, but I do get a number and I respond to every single one. And I try very, very hard, you know, my best again, to offer, to share what resonates is true for me. But I always tell the person like you guys, I'm not the authority you are. I think the best thing we can do is to point them back to them because they are their own authority because they are divine. <laughs> thank you. So, thank you. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much, Gary. Give my love to Austin and we are going to keep in touch. Okay. Thank you for having us. We love you. Love you. Love you guys. We'll Your high is contagious. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.